And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. We got a very busy show. We're jumping all over to the place. We uh, will we'll be in the Okanagan Valley to talk with Jack Kemp. She's the winemaker, and Jacqueline Boyd. She's the owner of Therapy Vineyards and Inn. Casey, you'll talk to Jacqueline. Yes, about the secrets to innkeeping. And I'll talk to Jack about the new releases, Physio and Rosé, coming out in, uh, shortly, already bottled now at Therapy Vineyards and in. Then off to California, we catch up with our old friend, wine master Randy Ullum, uh, to talk about traversing the California coast as you make wine from Santa Barbara all the way to Mendocino. Uh, Casey, then Ian Tossenson joins us today. We're going to get an update on uh, the British Columbia Restaurant and Food Association. Uh, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the street eateries and the future of takeout. Okay. And finally, uh, probably the, one of the most interesting guys in the wine business, Hermé Scardova, export manager for Medici Hermete. He will talk to us from Bologna, just outside of Bologna. Wait till you hear about all of the products made in that region. All that and more coming up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. It's a new normal. My husband and I want to get away. Need something to look forward to. So we decided to book a weekend away at a European wellness resort right here in BC. Plan an escape without leaving the province at Sparkling Hill Resort. Overlooking the beautiful Okanagan Valley. Relax and focus on your health and wellness at this luxury resort. Check out the immersive wellness packages available and learn more about this undiscovered gem today at sparklinghill.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back. 
to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we missed the wine festival for many reasons. One of them is our next guest, Dermis Scardobi. He's the export manager for Medici Ermete. We're catching up with him somewhere near Bologna. Uh, we haven't seen him in a year. We don't know how he's doing. He travels 280 days a year, and he's stuck at home, I think. Hermes, how are you? Hi, Anthony. Hi, Casey. I'm fine, thanks. Uh, exactly. I'm uh, stopping my house uh, in the last year. One year is exactly one year that I can move. Uh, I can take a fly. I can fly. <laughs> it's a one year <laughs> that uh, I'm at home working from my notebook uh, and uh, yep. having contact with uh, our clients uh, t- thanks to the digital uh, instrument, uh, Zoom, uh, uh, and many yeah. others uh, taking the seminar, webinar, and everything. It's not the same like to be to meet person people uh, in person by per- personally. It's different. Yeah, I know you're a slim guy. Have you gained any weight? <laughs> no, I'm still in the same shape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in the same weight and same shape. I'm still running. I, fortunately, I have uh, I can uh, I can run and uh, I I maintain my my weight. Good. You're a marathon runner too. Yeah, I'm a marathon runner. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I me to Impressive. relax and to stay quiet and uh, to not to not to think about work only. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Medici Ermete, maybe you could just say a little thing, a little bit of background about the company, because we want to talk about a couple of wines and fit it all yeah. in. So let's start with with uh, where you are in the company, and and uh, and then we'll get to these two wines. Okay, um, I work for uh, I, I'm export manager for North America for uh, Medici Ermete Winery. Uh, Medici Ermete is a historical family winery based in Reggio Emilia. That is the north part of Italy, region Emilia Romagna, close to Bologna. This is the area, famous area around the world for food, for like Parma ham, Parmigiano Reggiano cheese, traditional balsamic vinegar, handmade and fresh pasta like tortelli, tortellini, lasagne, tagliatella alla bolognese, or Famous uh, fast car, luxury and fast car like Ferrari, Maserati, Lamborghini, Bugatti, Ducati, motorcycle. Wow. Uh, for women, uh, Giorgio Armani, fashion uh, like Giorgio Armani, the shoes uh, Sergio Rossi, Zanotti, or uh, <laughs> Max Mara brand uh, in the fashion. Mm, so it's a very well-known uh, area, very healthy. And from this area comes also the Lambrusco, that is one of the most uh, yeah. uh, famous and distributed uh, Italian wine around the world. Um, yeah. As Medici Ermete, we, our company has more or less 130 years of history. Nowadays, is the fifth generation, the fifth generation that runs the company, and uh, we are uh, distributed in around 70. Uh, between 17 and 80 countries around the around the world, and uh, a lot of people knows uh, Medici for uh, its quality wine. So yeah, that's let's a start. Let's introduction about the company. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, in fact, you you uh, touched on the Lambrusco. We want to talk about two wines. Is there a certain order we should talk about yeah. the Concerto and and the Fermento? Which order do you want to talk about them in? 
doesn't matter. But we can start uh, with the new ones, so that is the, the Fermento, that is something uh, different yeah. from uh, the standard Lambrusco. Yeah, let's start with that, the Lambrusco so, di Modena. Lombrusco di Modena, yeah, exactly. Is uh, in particular the grape is uh, is made with 100% Lambrusco di Sorbara. That is a grape that comes from uh, our estate in Modena, because Medici Armate own five estates, four in uh, Reggio Emilia area and one yep. in Modena area. From this estate comes the grape Lambrusco uh, Lambrusco di Sorbara. That is one of the different variety of Lambrusco. The characteristic of this uh, variety is uh, a very light uh, pink color, very close to pink uh, color, and great acidity that permits us uh, to produce uh, a Pedna style, uh, an ancestral method, and uh, good, great acidity and uh, very fruity at the nose. In that case, so we so have uh, a, different, a different vinification because this is yeah. a ancestral method that is a, a classic method without the gourgemont so the east are still inside in fact no uh, we are uh, in a radio but not uh, we can see the, personally the bottle but the bo if you look the bottle you see is a cloudy color because inside there are the sediment the east are still inside right and uh, this is a new product for us, but uh, is, this is the ancient way to produce Lambrusco before the invention of the autoclave. So this is something that's uh, back uh, from the past. And it was the best Italian red wine of the year in 2018. That's so impressive. <laughs> Thanks. No, that, but it's a very interesting wine because uh, as uh, the other Lambrusco, this one is a very gastronomic wine because when you talk about Lambrusco, you have always talking and try this wine with food. Lambrusco is a yeah. real gastronomic wine, real gastronomic wine. Not only Italian uh, food, because we, again, we are here, I'm, I'm and Lambrusco, like me, comes from Emilia-Romagna, so the, the food area, the food valley. But uh, this wine is perfectly matched with, could be charcuterie, but at the same time, you can match this wine with uh, vegetal or fish tempura or uh, a fritto misto because everything that is uh, oily and fat uh, is perfectly matched with this acidity and uh, the, with the yeast of this uh, product. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, I love that. And a uh, great-looking color, a fun wine, and available widely available now here in uh, British Columbia, so people should look for the the uh, Medici Ermete Fermento Labrusco de Modena. We'll we'll put that up on our uh, on our social page. Uh, the wine I think yeah. a lot of people know now and is doing well and they're enjoying is the Concerto. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this has been a yeah. big success and it's been a big story for Lambrusco. I think. Yeah, Concerto is our our flagship uh, wine, but at the same time, I think that. Uh, Lambrusco Concerto is uh, the benchmark in the market for the quality Lambrusco. There is a very um, interesting background for this wine because uh, Lambrusco Concerto was the first single vineyard Lambrusco ever produced. The first harvest of this wine was in 1993 and the first vintage in bottle was, was 1994. 
Last year, we had the 25th anniversary of this wine. Uh, when we started this uh, project, uh, this product, uh, no one believed in the potentiality of the Lambrusco grape, only, Lambrus only the Medici family. In fact, uh, Medici family started to reduce the yield for the hectare. They introduced the green harvest in the area. The Guyot method in this area before was uh, always uh, uh, in, uh, producing uh, massive and quantity production. This area was famous yeah. for massive production. And uh, we started to produce Lambrusco Concerto that is made with 100% Lambrusco Salamino. That is another variety of Lambrusco, different from the Sorbara. In that case, we have a very red, ruby red color, very dark. The, uh, the characteristics of the grape are different because in the case we have tannin and a huge bouquet of red fruit and uh, fruit and uh, uh, floral at the same time, rose, violet. Mm. So the bouquet of this wine is uh, very clean, very uh, distinct and deep. Uh, is made with the typical red yeah, fruit, blueberry, strawberry, cherry, plum, and violet, yeah. rose <coughs> and violet. And, and what's uh, your favorite know, food match with this wine? Oh, the match for this wine, in my personal taste with, uh, with this wine, I like to match with uh, uh, charcuterie, or, uh, charcuterie and cheese, or with the pasta like lasagne, uh, like lasagne or tagliatelle alla bolognese, something very fat. But at the same time, I like a lot with the pizza. Lambrusco is the best, uh, in my opinion, the best wine to match with pizza. Because it's very complicated to find wine to match with pizza due to the uh, different ingredients on top of the pizza. It's, and due to the... Um, levitation for, to the east inside of the pizza for the digestion. Yeah. And at the same time, well, don't forget that Lambrusco could be matched easily with uh, ethnical food, like Indian food, Thai food, uh, Mexican tapas, everything that is uh, spicy, or uh, agrodolce style, like Thai and Vietnamese food. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, it's a substantial wine, so it can take on these these uh, bigger flavors in the food. Uh, it's just a great match, and I think a lot of people are enjoying this wine. Just quickly, because I have a couple more questions. Uh, do we need to chill this wine a bit or serve it at room temperature, yes. this, the, the concerto? Yes. Yes, we suggest it's a red wine, but we suggest to serve uh, concerto and at the same time uh, the fermento like a, a white wine like a prosecco like that means that okay. in the term of Celsius degree uh, eight ten degree Celsius degree yeah we're speaking with Hermes Scardova export manager at Medici Ermete uh, we had a wonderful time in Bologna and uh, touring around looking at all these uh, fantastic foods you're talking about uh, it struck me that uh, perhaps you might catch up with the uh, with Stanley Tucci, when he comes to uh, to Bologna, did he talk to you about food and wine when he was there? Because uh, his new CNN project is a really a wonderful show. Yeah, the, the show I saw that was uh, it was fantastic. The show he he, he visited Bologna. He presented uh, the um, the product from the area and the real uh, gastronomic tradition of this area that is uh, very famous around the world. And uh, I hope that uh, 
when we overpassed this uh, pandemic uh, period, I hope that yeah. uh, a lot of people from uh, all around the world can come to, to Italy and to visit our area to learn more about uh, the Italian food. Yeah. Hermes, thanks so much for joining us today. It was a real, uh, real fun to catch up with you, and I hope you stay well and that we all start traveling soon and we can get to Italy and you can get back to Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I miss Vancouver a lot <laughs> I miss, and uh, the, the atmosphere of uh, British Columbia. Thank you very much, Anthony and Casey. Thank you. Great to catch up. Uh, you're listening to the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Did you know we're on the iHeart Podcast Network? iHeart Media is the number one podcast publisher globally. Just search for BC Food and Wine Radio and subscribe today. We'll take a quick break, but we'll come back with Ian Tossenson. He's the president and CEO of the British Columbia Restaurant and Food Services Association. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. You know I'm a wine drinker. Let's be completely honest. That's what drives that passion. Tony Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery. Between our, our three properties, I have about a 5,000-bottle wine cellar. So I have wines from all over the world, and I drink wines from all over the world. I do have a lot of friends. <laughs> Experience the passion. Join the wine club at poplargrove.ca and look for Poplar Grove at private fine wine stores. Please enjoy responsibly. Join the Black Hills Estate Winery Wine Club to experience the perks of membership. With front-of-the-line access to new releases, exclusive limited production wines, and VIP experiences both virtual and in-person, you will always stay connected. Plus, wine club members have access to the Vineyard Guest House overlooking the beautiful valley. To find out more, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, or visit us at blackhillswinery.com. It's true. Something great did come out of 2020. Mount Boucherie Estate Winery invites you to join the Boucherie Wine Club and experience first access to their fabulous spring releases, including the previously sold-out Rosé, Riesling, and Mount Bubbles. And that's not all. With your new wine club membership, enjoy complimentary tastings, exclusive access to events, and the best seats in the house at the Modest Butcher Kitchen. For more details and to sign up online, visit mtboucherie.com. Watermark Beach Resort in Asoyuz is taking some time to refresh and renew for the upcoming season. Renovations are underway at the restaurant, but takeout is still available seven days a week. Book now for spring and summer travel to avoid disappointment and discover the South Okanagan good life at the Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is Ian Tostenson, uh, President and CEO of the British Columbia Restaurant and Food Services Association. We talked to Ian earlier on in the pandemic. Uh, he's back for an update and uh, maybe some positivity. Ian, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You still have members? You know, I'm we kidding. do. We, we, we actually grew up. I was really concerned um, when this happened. I sort of thought, well, how do you go and ask someone to sign on and pay you 
uh, when they're going down, when they're basically going broke. But what's happened is that um, our membership actually grew this year, and um, because we became really relevant, like we just we worked so hard at communicating every single issue 24/7 to the industry and with government to make sure that the things that you know that happen and are doing. Uh, for industry, we got it right. So um, yeah, no, it's, mm. it's, it hasn't been too bad at all. And then we've got a few programs that we're running. You know, that, that's uh, partnerships with the government, like Eat Drink Local, which you'll hear about in a few months. So yeah, so far so good. We got through. We got through our fiscal year um, pretty well, not unscathed, but not as bad as we thought it was going to be. What is the state well, of the but, industry right now, Ian? Well, it's hard to. Uh, you know, I, I I would say in general terms. Uh, we'll, we, we'll lose, I think, about 30% of the industry. So that you know, 30% off of 15,000 restaurants or 15 billion dollars in sales. So, you know, you, you're going to lose maybe three billion in sales and maybe, you know, 3,000 restaurants. But what we're also seeing, though, is uh, is our people that are interested in getting into the sector in in all sorts of innovative ways, smaller restaurants. Um, you know, restaurants that are primarily more inclined to do takeout and delivery. So the industry will rebound based on demand. And, you know, arguably there might have been a bit of an oversupply going into the pandemic, and there were a number of businesses that were just not prepared to withstand uh, the kind of uh, pressure they went under from an you know, economic point of view. But um, it'll come back, and I guarantee you it's going to be a stronger and more innovative industry than it was before. Hmm. Well, let's hope so. I'm yeah. thinking uh, when I look at, the way people eat in Europe, not that, uh, you know, we need to copy anybody, but this sort of late day neighborhood thing, which is, you know, part of the culture has never really been part of our culture, but it looks like during the pandemic, there, there's a possibility that we could come out of it with that sort of thinking now in our, you know, eating local and eating small and going up and down the street and supporting, you know, different, yeah. different kinds of food producers and restaurants. Yeah, I think that's a really good, really good point. Um, you know, I, and I think that we are we eat whenever we want to eat right now. I think we realize, uh, you know, when when the uh, momentum started happening with takeout and especially delivery, is that you could get anything anytime. So you're working away in your office, you go hungry. It's two o'clock in the afternoon or four, or it doesn't matter at breakfast. So I think that we've, you know, our clocks that way. We're not so regimented where it was okay, go to the office, have something for breakfast and lunch and stuff, because all that's been changed. And people are yeah. working at home. So, yeah, I think I think it's going to serve. I think we're going to see, you know, more of an emphasis on restaurants clustering into neighborhoods. Um, the, the restaurants outside of, you know, downtown Victoria and Vancouver have done all right because they're catering to the people that are working and living in their homes and sure. supporting their local businesses. Well, let's start with the the latest, I guess, is uh, the permanent change. Restaurants can now sell uh, alcohol, let's say uh, wine and uh, wine, beer, and probably drinks too, with takeout. Is that is that a good thing? Do you think? If it, to be yeah, permanent? it is. I mean, it became incremental. I remember the discussions we had with the government, and it was in- interesting how it happened. We called them on a Thursday, and it was approved a temp- on that basis on a temporary basis on Sunday. And he came back to the premier's office and he said, I just want to make sure everybody has serving it right that are going to be delivering alcohol. So we're seeing now um, quite a bit of innovation. Some of the bigger companies are offering really good values. You know, they, they'll, they'll pick a day during the week and they'll discount some really cool wines. Some restaurants are offering wines that otherwise they wouldn't be able to find. Um, cocktail mm-hmm. kits, all sorts of innovation around that. And 
what I what we will see in in what's being said in the in the U.S. is that the this this trend or this move to increase sales for takeout and delivery will remain higher than it was prior to the pandemic. So if it was 20% uh, of our sales as an industry before, it's probably going to settle out somewhere between 35 and 40% on a permanent basis. Because we like, you know, there's been packaging innovation, there's cocktail innovation, there's food innovation. You know, restaurants have now, you know, figured out how some of these items that didn't travel very well through changes in packaging, um, they can yeah. actually put on a bit of a show in your home. Which yeah, works exactly. Well. Yeah. Hey, we're speaking with Ian Tossinson. He's the uh, president and CEO of the British Columbia Restaurant and Food Services Association. Ian, I think one of the most impressive things has been the expanded outdoor seating. I think they call them streeteries, and it looks like that may yeah. become permanent. Yeah, and this this is really interesting because we we wrote a letter to every municipality and said, you know, this was last spring. We've got to make we've got to make uh, 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 patios a, a complete. Um, priority here and everybody jumped on board and they showed the government showed how quickly they could approve a patio so we can't go back <laughs> we cannot go back to well it's going to take you know six months to get an approval exactly. they're going to be more yeah. permanent um Kelowna actually is doing um a whole street uh, scene on bernard avenue which they did last summer which they closed down bernard right downtown and just let the patios all over the place it was great so yeah and i think yeah. that you know we're again we're I believe that the culture shift has been, you know, this this belief that we got to be outside, not just because when this pandemic ends, but I think for the next one and the next one. So it's going to be much more permanent for sure. Well, people really are missing going to restaurants. That's what I've found interesting talking to people that I know. It it really they I think they you take it for granted. We really took it for granted going to restaurants, especially in Vancouver. We have so many yeah. options. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And we were the only entertainment, in, and still really are now. Yes. Um, and we were, and I think that we were the only restaurant industry in all of North America, and I think that's that's almost 100% accurate. That never shut down after it reopened, and it just shows that you know the complete dedication and um, and determination by the industry. But yeah. um, one one thing I I so Danny Myers said in the states. What people miss is, yeah, whatever, food is food. They miss being served. They miss the hospitality. They miss the wow. They miss just sitting down at a restaurant and letting it rip. And, you know, we're going to see without masks. And, you know, we're not too far away from that, maybe, you know, four to six months. Um, but um, we also, though, are seeing people saying, you know, what? I kind of like the, the privacy that the plexiglass gave me and stuff. So we're going to see a little bit of design change here. It's not going to be open, you know, wide open where everybody's. Cool. I think you're going to see a lot more, a little more intimacy and privacy in, in restaurants as we go forward. Yeah, that's yeah, really well, interesting. You know, I could just say, looking at the industry, like compared to the wine industry, it needs a major, uh, you know, like a major upgrade in all of these things that haven't, you know, nothing's changed in a hundred years, sort of. Other yeah. than in the super high-end restaurants, there's been no real innovation. So I think if, if we get some innovation on all these things from even, you know, moving air in and out of a restaurant, I think it's going to be cool. Sorry, we're so short on time, but just a couple things to go. I know that uh, restaurant people have uh, gone out and beyond. What would you say to customers who are still showing up with 12 and 16 people? And I heard of people booking uh, three tables so a four a four and a two and then it was all the same phone number recently and so people need to just calm down and stick to the rules i think but what are you hearing out there 
Yeah, I, we're hearing all sorts of, you know, people trying to find ways uh, to do things that we shouldn't be doing. I mean, our point is, uh, you know, um, we, we've had to shut down early and do the things we have to do because public safety, number one. And when the public sort of go, well, I can make some exceptions to myself here, that doesn't help yeah. anybody because no. we're trying to get no, this behind doesn't. us. And, you know, and, yeah. and I, the restaurant workers up front, I mean, that's a lot of pressure. I mean, I think that they all should be celebrated when this is over because they've dealt with you know, pe- some people don't want to wear masks and they want eight people at a table and blah, blah, blah. Just don't do yeah. it for now. I mean, we're, we're just so close to success here and we don't want to go backwards. There's concern still about the variants. It's just, you know, do the six thing. You know, it's right now it's household, you know, six or fewer people, distance between table. You can still have a lot of fun. And, you know, it's just, like I said, it's a matter of months now until we're going to be seeing this open up a bit. Just yeah. be calm, as In- you say. Yeah, be calm, be safe. Ian, uh, great to catch up with you. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for you your uh, comments today. Yeah, All right. good to hear from you. Sure Thanks. Thanks. Ian Tossinson, President and CEO of the British Columbia Restaurant and Food Services Association. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Of course, we're across British Columbia now uh, in more than 18 cities, and you can listen to the show more than 30 times every week. Listen to our current show or your choice of shows past on our podcast, preferably with a glass of wine. The BC Food and Wine podcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. Don't go away. Our old friend, friend Randy Ellum joins us from Southern California, from Sonoma County, uh, to talk Chardonnay and all things Kendall Jackson next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. The Upper Bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden, stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more. Red Rooster Winery invites you on a sensory journey from grape to glass. Savor the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountain views from their cozy estate tasting room on Naramata Bench. This month, they're featuring their award-winning and estate-grown Reserve Malbec, the perfect bold red to complement any occasion. Seated tastings are offered Thursday through Monday from 11 till 5 this winter. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Location, location, location. If you've made up your mind to finally take that big step and move to the beautiful Okanagan, keep in mind that you don't have to do it alone. The right real estate agent can make all the difference. Let Sean Everest of Remax Kelowna be your trusted advisor as you embark on this exciting new chapter. I'm Sean Everest. I raised my family here and you can too. Visit seaneverest.com and let me help you on your move. And welcome to the Okanagan. I'm sure you're going to love it. 
Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest uh, is well known to uh, our regular listeners, Randy Ullum, the wine master at Kendall Jackson Wines in Sonoma County. And Randy is probably the busiest guy in the wine business. And uh, I don't know if he's left his house. Let's see if he's still at his house. Randy, how are you today? I, I am great. And actually, I, I am in my house. I'm in my dining room looking out the window. I've been doing these uh, like phone calls, Zooming and, and, and teaming. Uh, <laughs> With people around the, well, the North American continent and the South American continent today. And then I'm going to race into the, to the winery uh, in about an hour and go through some tasting. Well, uh, yeah. Randy, of all the people I know, I mean, your day starts at 6 a.m. and it usually ends at 4 a.m. I can't even imagine you um, in lockdown. No, it's, I'm, I'm antsy. I'm stir-crazy. It, in fact, I'm you know, going to start going out into the vineyards even even more, just to get the heck out of here, uh, especially <laughs> yeah. now that spring sprung. It's one way to get well, I was, out and about stretch your legs. Yeah, I was thinking that the vineyards would be a good escape for you. You could drive maybe all the way down to Santa Barbara and then work your way back. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, about that run that you make uh, all the time? Yeah, so I've, I've changed it up just a little bit uh, because, you know, we all have maybe a little bit more <laughs> time on our hands since we're not flying around the world. Uh, so what I've been doing now, it used to be I would fly down to Santa Barbara or Los Angeles and then spend two days working my way back up in Santa Barbara, Monterey, and even Southern Sonoma, uh, looking at all the vineyards. Uh, now, because there are hardly any flights, um, I end up, I'm driving down. So what I usually do is I leave here in the afternoon and drive down uh, to uh, Monterey, spend the night there, and then get up in the morning and go through all those vineyards. Uh, yep. in the morning until yep. after lunch or early afternoon, and then zip down to uh, the Santa Barbara area and hit one, like the Santa Maria Valley, uh, at the end of the day, and then the next morning get up and do the Los Alamos and Santa Rita area, and then head back north again. So uh, a lot of miles, and, you know, uh, um, a lot of time to contemplate life. Yes. Yeah. And Randy, there's been a lot of challenges in California. So how did the harvest go? The harvest was, was pretty wild this year. Uh, we had uh, more than our fair share of, of climate events. We had uh, you know, several heat waves down in, in Santa Barbara, which challenged us. But you know, we seem to be getting those every year now. We had a, we had a fire event in, in Monterey along the hills, sort of the western hills of the valley. That was interesting. Um, and then up in the North Coast, we had, gosh, I'm trying to, they're all running together. There was the fire, there were like two fires, or three. You know, there was the one in for the West County, Northwest County, Sonoma County, and then there was one over in Napa. And then we thought, oh, and then they ended, and we thought, okay, well, that's great. And then there was, and we were, you know, all debating what to do. And, you know, at the end of the day, you just want to pick your grapes and, and do the best job you can with them. Uh, if, if you think there's a good chance. And mm -hmm. and so, you know, we started doing that in Sonoma and we were preparing to do that down in, in Monterey and doing you know, a lot of testing, of course, and tasting. And then the Napa folks, they were ready to go and then they got hit with yet another one. 
Uh, and so they're probably still more challenged than any of the counties uh, this year. But what a lot of people are doing, like if their grapes are really impacted, they just didn't pick them, um, us included. And, and then, but if there were sort of, you know, borderline, you, you, you pick them and you make the best wine you can and then try to adjust and mitigate any, any um, aromatic compounds that you can. Yeah. Uh, not easy, but keeps you on your toes. Uh, speaking of that, uh, we would, uh, I would say you're one of the foremost experts in Chardonnay in California for sure, if not uh, on the continent. And I wanted to talk about a wine today that, that you introduced me to many years ago. The wine's improved, improved, improved so much. Uh, and it's from Camelot Highlands. So you were just down there in the Santa Maria Valley. Uh, tell us a little bit about this Chardonnay, which is now under the Kendall Jackson Estates Collection label in our market. Right. Well, that is a vineyard designate. It's actually my favorite wine. Not that I should be telling anybody that. But... Um, but I, I love this one. And so in, you know, in the world of Kendall Jackson, our coastal Chardonnays between the North Coast and Monterey and Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara brings that tropical fruit tone, uh, pineapple, yep. mango, and papaya to the, to the uh, nose and the palate. And then especially the Santa Maria Valley enhances that. And then you get to the bench, and that's even better. And then you get to the Camelot block and vineyard blocks and vineyard. And it's a, a very opulent Chardonnay, very rich. It's it's unctuous. It even has like an oily richness, which you can only find there and in one area of Carneros. And so we like to, um, well, because it's from that region, it has a very narrow diurnal temperature, you know, daytime and nighttime throughout the growing season. Those vineyards are already budding out. And so it, wow. it's one of the longest growing seasons. So you maintain, you know, wonderful levels of acidity, and by hanging it out there longer, you get even better uh, flavors, and which which correlate to the uh, aroma and flavors you get when it's when it's wine. And we like to barrel Super ferment delicious. that um, in wonderful French oak barrels, and then it, mm-hmm. there it ages in the barrel. But while it's doing that, we stir the leaves every two weeks, which adds more to the texture and that sort of uh, creaminess on the side of the palate. And, Plus, anytime you ferment Chardonnay or any wine in a barrel, it builds out the mid the mid palate. So it's a it's a uh, it's a liquid meal. It's a favorite. It's a Randy Ullum favorite. favorite. It'll, it'll, yeah, and it'll go with anything. You know, uh, uh, try it with a steak loaded with butter. You can't go wrong. Wow! Wow! Randy Ullum's the wine master at uh, Kendall Jackson. He's our guest on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Randy, you've been making a lot of rosés over the years, and also I want to ask you about rosé, and also you have a what you call a low-carb shard. Yeah, so on the rosé front, we put our little toes into that market, I want to say three years ago with a little test, and then you know the, the year after went, went big and are continuing to go, uh, go strong with the rosé. And, and it is from Pinot now. Um, okay. predominantly Pinot Noir. And it sort of follows the same sourcing that our regular Vintners Reserve Pinot is, you know, Monterey, Santa Barbara, and the North Coast. Uh, but it's a lovely wine. Uh, of course, it's great in the, you know, it's great all year long, but it's even better in the summer by a pool. And so that's pretty <laughs> pretty nice and a, and a lot of fun. Of course, there's everybody and their mother's making rosés right now. Uh, so that's yeah. a bit of a challenge, but, um, but that's life. And, and then... Um, the something new that we're just actually literally just bottled yesterday 
It's been a couple years in the making, and we're doing like a test, a, a test run uh, in certain markets in in, in America uh, before going, you know, wide. And it is it's under the Avant label, so we have Kendall Jackson, and then there's Avant, uh, sure. which is Chardonnay. But Avant is what we're using for sort of trial or you know new items, new things. Yep. So we do have the Avant. We started with the low oak, no oak, and then we took it to Avant zero oak, uh, done in stainless. And then now we have an Avant low calorie uh, Chardonnay, which is really kind of interesting because it's 85 uh, uh, calories per serving. So you have low calorie, it's vegan, it's lower alcohol, it's 9%. Uh, it's, it's really actually a fun wine. You know, it was a challenge to make. It's probably one of the hardest wines we've ever made uh, you know, to, to actually get it to be good um, and, and where we can, where we're very, very proud of it. Uh, we wouldn't bottle it if we didn't like it. That's for darn sure. So it's really a cool wine and it's new. So we're going to see. But the more, the more as articles you read, news that you hear, you know, low alcohol, low calorie, even zero, which we won't go there. Uh, it, it seems to be a, a trend right now. So we'll see what happens here. Yes, Randy, we have one minute left, and I want to ask you, what's going to happen to the high-end California wine category during this harvest? Uh, well, during this next harvest, it's it, it's going to be great. Uh, the high-end category has somewhat been sort of decimated, uh, you know, on, on production from, from uh, Mother Nature, you know, the last year, but it's also been the sales have been decimated in, 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 in restaurants. So the restaurants are reopening. The balance is back in supply. The, uh, uh, I mean, the supply is back in balance. And uh, everything's going to just take right off. You know, inventories are, are in balance. So for, as these grocery, restaurants are opening, we're at 25% capacity as of last weekend. It can only get better. Randy, uh, I I just can't wait to see you soon somewhere and talk more about uh, wine and uh, all the things going on at KJ. So much uh, so much excitement at the winery. You're still there. You're still enthusiastic, and uh, you've got a big crew of uh, young people working hard. It's just it's just a, been a great development for you over the years. I'm uh, I, I'm sure you miss getting out there every day. Oh, I sure do. But I've got one little tidbit of information, a surprise for you, Tony. Remember when we were down in Chile sitting on that big rock granite down in the south of Chile? I sure do, yeah. It's called the Cusco a Vineyard. It's changed yeah. its name to Maricero, which is uh, oh. Mar is ocean and Cerro, Cerro is hill. And we just bottled and are shipping up the new wine, Pinot and Chardonnay, that will knock your socks off. And it's called oh, Dacal, D-A-K-E-L, uh, with the help of Andre. All right. Great. You know okay, what? Okay, that's heard. great news. Randy, you're going to yeah. die standing up. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> but not soon. But not soon. But Randy, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. It's an honor. Always an honor. And I can't wait to get back up to Canada and uh, work on getting my residency there so I don't so I can go in and out whenever I want. Wow. <laughs> good <idea>. good. <laughs> Come and make a wine. We'll, we'll gladly accept you. Thanks, Randy. We'll catch up All soon. Right. All right, take care. Have a nice day. You too. Thanks. Randy Ellum, wine master Kendall Jackson, uh, and he's every bit that enthusiastic when you meet him in person. We'll take a quick break. More coming up on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson.
Our shutout this week goes to listeners everywhere from Vancouver to Victoria and the South Island and all the Easy Rock stations in the Kootenays. We are Canada's only regional food and wine radio show. Thanks for listening. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. And we're heading to the Okanagan after this break. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. If you're a wine lover and you're ready for something new, try a little long-distance therapy. It's the wine club four out of four wine lovers would probably agree on. With 15% off therapy wine, discounted shipping, 20% off regular seasonal rates at the Inn at Therapy Vineyards, access to exclusive library wines, and more. Click therapyvineyards.com and choose your tier and frequency of delivery and sit back and wait as some of the Okanagan's finest is delivered direct to your door. Sign up today at therapyvineyards.com. Experience award-winning wines at Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. The tasting room is open daily from 11 till 5. Test your wine tasting know-how with their unique black glass blind tasting, where you tell them what's in the glass. For more VIP experiences, Crush Club memberships are also available. Keep up to date with wine tastings and estate-only promotions on their Instagram feed. And don't forget, Viradoro Restaurant is now open daily with a new spring menu. For details and reservations, visit tinhorn.com. Barb Holler, owner of Poplar Grove Winery in the Okanagan. When I look out over our vineyards, I think of the potential. The potential for improvement. How can I do things differently? How can I be more sustainable? How can I do things that improve viticulture practice? And bottom line, how can it improve the wine? Poplar Grove, available at private fine wine stores. Join the wine club at poplargrove.ca. Please enjoy responsibly. GizmondiOnWine.com, BC's destination for finding great wine at all price points. With their easy-to-use search engine of over 30,000-plus tasting notes, you can find the wines you want by price, points, and more. Bookmark GizmondiOnWine.com for the new notes posted daily, each with a photo of the label. Get new ideas and find great buys with seasonal and weekly top 10 wine lists, original stories, and videos. If wine matters to you, join us at GizmondiOnWine.com. Follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Giz. Mondi on wine. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. Live a simple life in a quiet town. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our guest is Jacqueline Boyd. She's an owner at Therapy Vineyards, uh, where, of course, they make wine, but they also have a sensational inn. It's kind of our home away from home when we're on the Naramata bench. We want to talk about the inn today with Jacqueline. How are you? Hi, good. Thanks for having me. Uh, delighted to have you. Uh, I want to know how like, how handy do you have to be to own an inn and run it? Oh, man. Yeah, it's amazing. We have to be 
um, you know, plumbers, well, at least a little bit of a plumber. You have to know how to, you know, unstop tubs or uh, you have to be good at housekeeping. You have to be good at groundskeeping. You have to be good at so many things. It's uh, really shocking, actually. And you can't be calling people to come in or you'd make absolutely no money. And what about you've got to be able to roll with it. You really do. I mean, all our guests are lovely. You know, we have wonderful guests who just love staying here and, and who are just, you know, wonderful. There's just the odd time when you have to, uh, you know, make a little bit of a change and just have to go with it then. It's, it's good, too. That's when we arrive. Yeah. <laughs> you know you how demanding really. I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm not demanding, so I make up for it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, uh, tell me, what are the little things that you like to do that think that that takes it over the top for your guests? Well, we have a breakfast uh, for them every morning that's uh, served uh, fresh for them. And uh, stop, I don't know, when, stop when, there, uh, yeah, Jacqueline, because you have the best eggs I've ever had in my <laughs> life anywhere, and I can't duplicate it. So, the well, there you go. Breakfast I mean, is amazing. That we're happy to have. <laughs> And I mean, we we welcome people with a, a glass of wine, and often just the family atmosphere of it. In that, um, our daughter is our innkeeper, and and it's a family-run business. That's always something that people really enjoy. They get to learn about how things run around here, and and how it all works together. And so that's a, a detail that we really like to share. Our guest is Jacqueline Boyd. We we're talking about the Inn at Therapy Vineyards. Uh, you have a fantastic uh, patio that overlooks the vineyards. There's a hot tub there. It's a real uh, place of respite uh, for people to relax. Uh, we we're almost through the pandemic. Are you getting busy? Like uh, I know people are saying, "Can I sign up? Can I go here? Can I get a reservation?" How do you see it at the moment? Yeah, people are definitely being very local. We have a lot of local guests uh, from the area, the interior, as well as uh, coming a, a bit from, from uh, within the province of BC. So, But things that I think people are counting on it opening up a little bit more this summer, and bookings are coming in pretty fast and furious for that. So we're excited for that. And it sounds like you've got some outdoor cooks there. Yeah, yeah, we have a, a lovely young couple who um, are chefs, uh, and they have taken on the food trailer for this year. So we're going to have uh, food available for our outdoor patios, our lower and our upper patios, uh, this year, and it's going to be delicious. We're super excited about them. They'll also be providing dinner options for our guests at the inn. Fun. Uh, and I was thinking, so you can grab this food, and now you can go up to the upper deck as well that, that sits mm-hmm. up above the winery. Is that is that how it will be used? or Yeah, it's changed? above the wine shop. Yeah, that upper deck above yeah. the wine shop. Yeah, or the views are just spectacular. I think you get like a 270-degree view of the lake and the vineyards and Naramata. And so, yeah. yeah, I think it'll be a popular spot this summer. We're excited. Well, we had a wow. great party up there last year. I can't wait to go back. Yeah, yeah, it was great being Me there. Me too. I, don't, yeah. I can't even so, remember how many pizzas we had. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to hosting you guys again. Well, I hope it's getting easier, uh, Jacqueline. You seem uh, quite relaxed now. Uh, as the years go by, maybe uh, you'll become a very calm innkeeper. Oh, the, oh, yes, absolutely. You know how it is. You're 
calm on the outside, and on the inside, it's pure panic. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us today on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network, and uh, we'll be in Naramata soon uh, for our Grape Escape, uh, and we can't wait to stay at the Therapy Vineyards, the Inn at Therapy Vineyards. See you soon. Wonderful. You bet. That was Jacqueline Boyd, owner of Therapy Vineyards and uh, in charge of the Inn at Therapy Vineyards as well. Well, we're just moving along from the Inn to the Winery to catch up with winemaker uh, Jack Kemp, uh, who we talked to many times about making wine on the Naramata bench. Jack, uh, how are you on this lovely spring day? Oh, absolutely fantastic! Thank you very much. Uh, you made it through winter. Does it seem does it seem shorter every year or longer? Uh, this year, everything seems very much shorter this year. Um, we've we've been really busy and we've got lots going on. So I think it's I think it's getting shorter every year actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's always interesting to know what's going on. What's happening right now around you on the Naramata bench? What are what are people doing in the vineyards? What are you guys up to? Well, everyone's sort of waking up here, so we're finishing off pruning and tying down the vines. Um, hopefully all going well. It looks like we've, we might have an early start to spring, which we, we really need, need here for the valley. Um, a nice good season will be great this year. We're speaking with Jack Kemp. She's the winemaker at Therapy Vineyards. Jack, I'm very excited to hear about your Physio Blanc and your Rosé. What's happening well, yeah, we got those into bottle actually about a week ago now, so we're, we're pretty happy with that. Um, we have two physios on the market this year, the white and the, and the pink and the rosé, and they're just pretty much an introduction to our to a sparkling and the CO2-infused wines um, with some, you know, just a little bit of effervescence. You can play around with the white because not, it's not too sweet, and with the pink it's just, you know, a little bit of fun at the start of spring. I can't wait mm. to taste those. Uh, the last time we saw you, Jack, uh, there was a there was a fair bit of winter kill in Naramata. So, what about this year? Is it has it been a, a gentler, kinder winter for grapevines? Well, we did have a minus. Well, we had some minus twenty come in. Uh, we were lucky enough, though, here on the bench to withstand those temperatures. Our vineyards only got to minus twelve for a few hours, so it looks like we might have pushed through. The winter this year, we've got quite a bit of growth coming back um, from when we did have winter kill. So hopefully, our you should see our vines producing a little bit more this year, which would be obviously always great for the wineries and always good for the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we love what you're doing with the lineup. I think you've really uh, you've really not put your stamp on the wines, if I can say that, but you've put your stamp on the wine by uh, uh, really turning them around and making them. Uh, uh, I guess I would just describe as exciting, more electric, and really more Naramata. Uh, do you do you feel in touch with that bench now yourself, with the, with the area you're in? Have you been able to grasp it in your in your mind and in your winemaking? Yeah, I think as winemakers, as in as in learning the region as well as as growing grapes here as a viticulturist, it, it takes time to really understand the soils that you're working with. And especially on the bench here, we've got we've got a few different soil types. So, I think I'm I'm getting a little bit more comfortable now. I think always you're you're developing new skills and, and learning new things, especially here in Canada with with uh, differences in seasons. So, we're getting there. And I think you know the the team and and everyone working on the bench here, we're starting to talk a lot more, which is you know really important for sharing knowledge, yeah. especially with the young ones coming up. 
Jack, thanks so much for your time today. I can't wait to get up there. We can maybe do a proper sit-down tasting uh, the next time I'm up there with you and go through the new lineup. I think it would be uh, instructional for for me and possibly for our listeners on an ongoing basis. Uh, great to chat with you today. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That was Jack Kemp. She's the winemaker at Therapy Vineyards. Casey, we are out of time today. I want to thank our technical producer, Anissa Hetherington, uh, for all the good work she does on the boards. But for now, uh, I'm Anthony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we wish you all a great weekend. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.